It's the final rewatch. The final rewatch. Before the new season, it's the final rewatch. I'm watching them all. The final Greetings, stranger friends, and welcome back to the final rewatch. We're on to Stranger Things 2, and today we're talking about episode one of Stranger Things 2, Mad Max. This one I've seen a few times, uh, but not for a while. I don't think I rewatched it for season three. I think this is the first time I rewatched it since the podcast. Um, and I look at the title, I think Mad Max. Well, first of all, it's a play on the George Miller, um, Mel Gibson, Tom Hardy movies. But it's also, I think, a kind of a small little window about who Max is. Um, yes, yeah, she's very good at video games, but she's also kind of an angry kid. And with good reason, kind of when you when you look at her home life and if you read a little bit about her in her um, her own novel, Runaway Max, which there is an episode on. Uh, I can link to it in the show notes if you've never listened to it. I did an episode on that book. But um, this episode isn't a like Max focused, you know, um, Max centric episode. It's an introduction to her. It's an introduction to Billy, uh, and it's a reintroduction to all our heroes. But um, you know, she is she and Billy are the two new faces of um, Stranger Things. These faces, some of them stay for a while. Some of them are still here. We all know. We all know how things ended up for our um, our our friend Billy. But, but. Before I get into the episode, I forgot to mention there are new posters that came out. You know, we got the um, Russian posters, the posters from Russia with love. We got the California posters. And now we have all the Hawkins posters, um, including this new guy. It says Hellfire. Do you copy? I believe this fella's name is Eddie Munson, which makes me want to say Eddie Munster, which makes me think, are they they going to be Eddie Munster jokes? Um, And I remember I talked about this in the way back in the new characters. He's the head of the Hawkins High official Dungeons and Dragons Club, the Hellfire Club. So that 
is interesting. He gets his own poster. First, Argyle. Now, this guy. Um, we also have uh, all of our, you know, well-known faces. We have Lucas with a kick-ass 80s flat top. He And all these people are standing over the Creel house. We talked about Max. Max has her own poster. Uh, again, standing like the faces behind the Creel house. She looks like she's putting on headphones. I think she is. Um, the Creel house is in the distance. So I feel like for our um, Hawkins group, they will be um, dealing with whatever mystery is part of this Hellfire Club, uh, part of this Creel House. I think that's going to play a major, major um, part of their story. Uh, and we have Nancy. She's, her hair looks a little longer. She looks, you know, ready to kick some ass as usual. Is she wearing a jean jacket? Very, very pro. I know that's not the right word. Fitting. It's very fitting. And also, this tweet says, Wheelers, do you copy? And... For a second, I was like, who's the, who's the new girl? No, that's Mrs. Wheeler. She has uh, her hair's blonde. Was, didn't it get blonde last year or the second year with Billy when she was by the pool? Uh, but it looks like she has a little, like almost like a perm. Very, you know, very of the time. Um, Dustin, of course, always with a, you know, a hat on no matter what. Always with some sort of Hawaiian shirt. My God, these guys are getting so old. He's wearing a thinking cap. Uh, Scoops, his says, Scoops Troop, do you copy? With Steve, Mother F and Harrington looking, you know, these older kids don't look that much older because they don't age as quickly (laughs) as the youngins. Um, uh, uh, Robin, Robin, do you copy? Uh, Now I see she looks... And maybe her hair's kind of the same. She's got a real serious look on her face. Also another great um, uh, book, if you want to read. I did her um, novel as well. It's funny, though. I got pinged for copyright infringement. I think, I wasn't sure if it because I used some audio from the the podcast for the Rebel Robin book or because of the Queen music I used. So I quickly hacked together the audio, tried to clip it as much as I could, re-uploaded it, and that's why, if you ever listen to that episode again, that's why it sounds so clunky. And Erica, of course. And there's still an Erica comic book out there that I want to uh, I want to do a book club episode on. Um, yeah, fear not. The book club is not going anywhere. Obviously, there are other things happening right now, but the book club will continue um, at some point. Uh, you can you can bring that to the bank. I don't even know if that's the right uh, terminology. And I think I think I covered everybody. There's Lucas and Max again. Um, yep, I think that is everyone of the new posters. So it's really the one that's interesting to me the most at this point is Mrs. Wheeler. And why did she get her own poster? Does something major happen? Does she have a major storyline in this in this season? Makes you think. All these other people, you understand. Even the new characters are like, okay, okay, they're going to play a big part in this season. But Mrs. Wheeler? 
Interesting. All right, all right. Without any further ado, let's talk about Mad Max Beyond Stranger Things. That's not a terrible joke if you know the third Max Ma- Mad Max movie was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I'm going to try to do this episode and maybe this whole season of recaps a little different. Because it's a rewatch, I don't want to do a full recap. I feel like I've done that. That episode exists. Um, they got longer as each season went by, but it's out there. Uh, so I almost feel like I just want to talk about the characters and briefly, of course, what happens with them. This episode does a wonderful job, a perfect reintroduction to all of our heroes. But before we see anybody, we're not even in Hawkins. We see a completely different group of people in a completely different town when we see our first glimpse of another patient from the lab. You know, L is number 11, which means at the very least, there are 10 others out there. Maybe more. But now we know L is not alone. And we we see this... Um, this girl's older, too. She's a teenager. Looks like she's robbing something with a bunch of her friends. The police are chasing them. And she has the power to make you think you're seeing things. There's actually a great comic book called Into the Fire that expands on that. Um, I believe her character is mentioned in the Dangerous um, Suspicious Minds novel. But... You can actually get more on her in that Into the Fire comic book, which I would suggest you read. Um, which also talks about other numbers out there. But it's a, such a cool reveal because you don't know what you're seeing. Then all of a sudden you see someone with powers. Or you see something and you're like, wait, what the hell just happened? And then you get the nosebleed and it's like, Oh, and then she wipes her wrist and you see the tattoo and you're like, whoa, there's a bigger world out there. And I'm correct in thinking we don't see them again for a while, right? We don't see them until Eleven finds them. I think, I think, you know, it's been a while. I've said that a million times, but then, then we get our introduction to our, our, our gang, our gang of friends. Um, and it's all about finding quarters in your house. Kids, if you're of certain age out there, you might not realize the love of the arcade. I would go uh, to the mall with my parents, and my dad would sometimes give me a dollar. Sometimes he'd give me two dollars. That's four to eight games you could play. What, depending on the game. 
Some of these games at this point were 50 cents, which is ridiculous. And some, I think there was maybe one game that was 75 cents, almost a dollar. It was like a full car you had to get into. The arcade was such a big deal when I was a kid. The beach that, well, I still walk my dog at every winter because you can walk your dogs on the beach. But the beach, um, if you look up Salisbury Beach, it was a place called The Center. When I was a kid, there were arcades all over the place. Like, not an arcade. Arcades. Multiple arcades. You know, if you couldn't play the game over here, maybe you could play it over there. You had Joe's Playland. You had, like, Midway. You had, at one point, the Dream Machine was there. Um, Then there were other ones. I think it was called Carefree was another one. There were a bunch of arcades around the corner. There's this way, that. There was arcades all over. There was arcades that were right by the beach, so you'd walk in there with just, you know, with no shoes on all the time. One arcade had a bathroom. One arcade had a place where you could do karaoke. Not karaoke, but you could make your own music video. Um, one arcade had two floors, and there were pool, pool tables on the top floor. And now, I think there are two arcades still there. They're both Joe's Playland. They bought them both, and they're just across the street. There's plenty of games to play, but it's just the need isn't there anymore. Uh, and there's a place in New Hampshire up where my mother-in-law lives called The Fun Spot, which I believe is the world's largest arcade. And if you want to play old video games, that's the place to go. My point is in this, um, in going off on this tangent, is arcades and playing video games um, that you, you, you just couldn't play at home. Yes, you look at these games, you go, what? You just couldn't play these games at home. They were too good. Yes, you had Atari, but it wasn't even close. So that was the thing to do. Um, and of course, they collect their money in different ways. Dustin goes through uh, pillow, pillow, you know, um, couch, couch cushions, which I've done. I've done that for, for, for arcade money. I've done that for gas money. Lucas does the old-fashioned way of actually working for his money. He, he, you know, he's, he, he actually works up a sweat. He, like, I think he said he needed to take a shower because he actually worked for his money for old man, whoever. And I like that uh, Dustin's like, how does he have that kind of money? Like, how much money did he really need? Uh, and Mike, well, Mike was looking for quarters and decides, I'm just going to, you know, I know what I'll do. I'll steal from Nancy. He says he'll pay her back, but he just steals. And we, so we see Mike, we see Nancy, we see Dustin, we see Lucas, we see uh, all the wheelers as... Um, they run to the arcade to play Dragon's Lair. When you see games that look like Dig Dug or Pac-Man, and then all of a sudden, a game comes out where it looks like a cartoon. It, Dragon's Lair was something that blew my mind as a kid. It looked too good to be true, and there's a reason for that. It kind of was a horrible game. If I'm remembering this correctly, all you're really doing is trying to um, get a certain video to play. So they play some kind of cartoon. You like hit this button, hit this button, try to do something, and then hopefully you did it right, and it gets to the point where it shows that you won. I don't think you're even moving the the guy around or anything like that. It was just a bunch of videos that you're trying to... Um, create a reaction of some sort that allowed it to say, okay, you did it right, you won, right? I mean, 
that's what it was. It was, it was a money like hole. You never would get far. I, I don't think I ever made it past five seconds. You'd watch other kids play. That was another thing too. When kids were playing playing the arcade, you stood around them to watch. Maybe you'd get next. I know they talk about putting the quarter down to say you've got next. I don't remember that being a thing. But you would just stand there and hope that someone would, would get off off-road or, or at least one of the steering wheels would open up so that you could join the next race. Oh, super off-road. What a game. Um, I would still would play that to this day. I would put that up there with oh, any video game ever. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, arcades. So uh, they're playing Dragon's Lair. And they are stinking. And he's like, you know, Lucas is like, well, at least I still could do it. And Dustin's like, well, at least I still have the records in Dig Dug. And I forget what the other game was. And the guy who works at the arcade is like, I don't think so. And I like that he's a few years older. But he has a relationship with these kids where they can yell at him. And he can he can yell at them. They're just kind of, it's like not friends it was like frenemies like friendly banter but like in a mean way um and he points out that no there's someone else has a top score and they couldn't believe the score they couldn't believe it was someone named mad max like what who the hell is mad max i have no idea who mad max is and while that's happening will you know we know that he's at the um you know that that he's back Right, and we find out later how long it's been, but we don't know the adverse effects. We find out later that what happened to him has happened before. He gets this vision, this vision of the upside down. It's a little different. It's very red. There's a storm coming, and he snaps out of it when um, Mike comes to the door. He's like, "You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're okay. I'm okay. Okay. Oh, great. But you know, there's something going on." Now, we saw Nancy in the Wheeler house, but the first time we see Steve is with Nancy. They're still together. They're in a car, and Steve is working on an essay, an essay for college. And you could see Nancy's like, well, you know, this doesn't really make sense, and maybe you would put this with this. He's like, oh, my God, do I have to rewrite? She's like, no, no, we can just rework it. And you, you start to see that Nancy has a knack for writing, for telling stories, uh, which we see more of in the third season. But um, you see that her and Steve are together. And at that point is when we get the first introduction. Like, what is that noise? And you hear um, the scorpions. Rock you like a hurricane. The only thing that I'm, I'm not sure this was the original version. I felt like this was a newer version. And I felt like, oh, I don't think they played the correct version. They made like, it seems like a newer version to me. I've heard that that original version a million times. And I'm like, why why is that not the old version? Now, I, I might be wrong, or I might be nitpicking. Either way, it's something I noticed. But this Trans Am gets there, and two people get out. First, we see Max. We're like, oh, actually, we don't know who this person is yet. I'm sorry. So we see this redhead girl get out. And we see this lung here. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, no good. When I was, again, going back to the mall, Jean jacket, long hair, um, you know, kind of like an FU attitude. We called these guys mall rats. Um, you've seen the movie. There, you've seen there's a movie out there called Mall Rats, guys hanging out at the mall. But it was like a specific thing that I thought of when I, as a kid, that at least what I thought of when I thought mall rat, I thought of long hair guy, jean jacket, heavy metal patches um, on his jacket. Looks like, you know, he probably smokes. And he he doesn't give a crap what you think. In a way, you know, I'm a little um, envious of that. Who gives a crap? And also, looking back, I wish I had such a jean jacket. And at one point, maybe it would have been cool to grow my hair along. Now, I'm just excited to grow my hair. Waka waka, that's a joke. So, this guy gets out, and he's too friggin' cool for school. Literally, he's too cool for the school. And you see the girls, one of them, one of them is, um, I can't remember her name. It was Tommy's girlfriend from last year. She's there for a moment. And you see all of them like, look at that ass. They are just like, they are just looking at him like candy, candy and jeans. And he's looking around like, where the hell am I? And the girl, the girl, we meet the girl because... Of the great Mr. Clark. So the kids are in the class. Mr. Clark is, um, they're talking about brains. And the principal comes in and says, here's your new student. And Mr. Clark's like, whoa, 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 not so fast. We, we, do, we do things uh, proper here. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from sunny California, it's Maxine. She's like, it's Max. It's just Max. All three boys look at each other like, all four boys look at each other like, what? Max, she sits down in a chair and they all four turn, you know, real subtle guys. They all four turn and look at her. And this is our real first introduction to Max. We jump over to um, to the department store where Joyce works and she's we see her working on a Ghostbusters suit. Nothing is set yet, but we see her working on a, on a Ghostbusters suit. So that it's not the first time we saw her. The first time we saw her was dropping off. Jonathan at the arcade but this new guy comes in like wait Sean Astin the great Sean Astin 
at this point, well known for all, the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Sorry, my Boston Lord of the Rings came out. You see Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Um, I could just say Lord all day. Lord of the Rings. But for me, he's always going to be the guy from Frighteners. No, for me, he's always going to be Mikey from the Goonies. Always. And, and what am I saying? He's also Rudy. He has a lot of, lot of big, um, you know, well-known films. Yes, to me, he's always Mikey from the Goonies. Then Rudy. Then Samwise Gamgee. Then Bob Newby. From Rudy to Newby. Bob Effin Newbie, superhero. This is our first time seeing him. And again, we don't know what to expect when we see these people. You know, a show like this, you're thinking, uh-oh, some things might be too good to be true. Some people might be too good to be true. This guy could be trouble. Well, guess what? This guy is wonderful. He likes kissing Joyce, sure, a little smoochy-smoochy. Uh, and But he's like, don't forget, we're going to have movie night with the buyers. Um Make sure that uh, it's, you know, I know it's Jonathan's pick, but I hate scary movies. Have, don't have him pick a horror movie. Um, we see Hopper. Is this our first time seeing Hopper? Yes. Maybe. Yes. I believe it is. He is at work in the morning. Always good in the morning. He gets, that's right, he shows up and we see Murray for the first time. Our first time seeing Murray Bauman. Who's there? Because he's talking about the Russians are invading, which maybe at this point that was starting to happen because um, I wonder when the mall was starting to be built. And so he's on to something. He's not completely crazy. He just doesn't know all the facts. He thinks there's, there's a girl out there with powers. Um, and Hopper's like trying to downplay it. He thinks it's a Russian girl. And he thinks it's connected somehow with Barb. And he's you find out that he's been hired by Barb. And I think Hopper said something about taking their good money. There was one thing Hopper did when he played with his typewriter. I don't think I picked this up the first time. He was making this noise, and then the phone rang. He was signaling uh, the the receptionist, Flo, the 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 um the woman. He was signaling her to call the office with anything, and she called with a pumpkin. Well, something with a pumpkin patch. Hopper has to go check out the pumpkins. They're all rotted, all rotted out. And um, this guy thinks that old Eugene poisoned his pumpkins. You know, all it, they all look gross and disgusting. Um, he thinks this, the, the guy thinks because he stole his idea of pick your own pumpkins that, um, that they sent someone over to poison. Um, what also happened is there was something there in the woods, or at least Hopper thought there was something. Um, I'm pretty sure that was something. And, but when he uh, went out looking for it, all he saw was a crow. He pulled his gun out on a crow. Um, but that's that's it with the pumpkins. It comes back in later. Uh, but we go over to the school. We see Nancy uh, and Jonathan. They're invited to... Well, Nancy gets a takes a flyer for Tina's Halloween bash. Come get sheet-faced. Um, Jonathan doesn't want to go. Nancy's like, you, you should go, you know, you, you, you can't spend Halloween alone. He's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going out with, with my brother. I'm taking him trick-or-treating. He's like, the whole night? He's like, well, you know, maybe, I don't know. And then Steve pops in, all smoochy-smoochy as Jonathan walks off. 
So I feel like I'm doing the recap, even though I said I wasn't going to do the recap. And you know what? It's just the way it is. So outside, we see Lucas and Jonathan, Lucas and and, and Dustin. Um, <clears throat> they're they're spying. Actually, I'm sorry, not just Lucas and Dustin. All the kids, they're outside. They're arguing. You know, she's roller she's roller skating. She's skateboarding, and they're like, "Girls don't play video games." This is what they think, and she crumples up a piece of paper, uh, throws it down into a garbage. And they all run over, pick up the piece of paper and says, stop spying on me, creeps. I love it. Uh, at this point, principal comes out. He's like, William Byers, your mother's here. And Will has to go off. We don't know where he goes yet, but he has to go off. And uh, Mike's like, you know, he's been, you think he's been acting weird he's, or, you know, different? He's always been quiet. You know, Lucas is trying to downplay it. He's always this way. He's always that way. But Mike is sensing something. Mike is sensing there's something different going on here. So Will and his mom go off to the lab and, you know, Joyce is like, you gotta, you know, tell him what you thought you saw. I like that. I like that Will isn't hiding this from them. He's letting them know that it's happened. He's letting his mom know that it's happened. And he's letting these people know that he's happened. And who are these people? It's the goddamn Hawkins lab again. But different people. According to the doctor, those people are gone. They're gone. Dr. Sam Owens. By the way, Hopper's there to meet them too because he's part of this and he's going to be there for him. And I love that. Even though later he's like, how's Bob the Brain doing? You know, um, he's good. He's like, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. He goes, if anything happens, you let me know. Uh, because they talk to Dr. Owens. He brings up, later he brings up um, post-traumatic st- stress disorder. Almost like these are visions that Will is having. Um, he's like, you just got to treat him normally. Not make a big deal about it. But he says, like, we're this is all new to us, post-traumatic stress disorder. That's something that, you know, in 1984, they're still trying to figure it out. Um, but but Will talks about it. He talks about there's something evil. He, he senses evil that wants to kill. He's like, kill you? He's like, no, kill everyone. We don't know what to think of Dr. Sam Owens at this point. He, Paul Reiser, first of all, just, he seems like such a, he's such a great actor and he makes you, he comes off likable. Very different from Brenna right away. Brenna was like, a, you know, he wasn't a wolf in sheep's clothing. He was a dick in dick's clothing. That clothing, that's just what he was. Dr. Sam, different approach. Very warm, very friendly, asking about candy, just kind of um, real different approach because he's a different person. And, you know, we all know that he turns out to be a, a fine fellow. Um, but we don't know that at this point. And you, do, you you can't help but not trust this guy who, when they leave, he gives a little wave. He goes down into the lab. And you see that um, that there's a guy, you know, they, the gate's still open. Like, hello, yeah, the gate's still open. And there's a guy with a flamethrower now trying to burn it, close it, kill it. I don't know. Uh, but when he's like, I have to tell you, I'm on your side. Trust me. I just thought of Brenner saying, will you trust me? You know, and so did Joyce. She's like, trust me? Hello? But, um, you know, what other options do they have? They, he, they, they're they bringing him there because who else knows or believe what was going on? So our, um, Lucas and Dustin, we see them hanging outside the arcade. We see Max getting um, dropped off. 
arguing with whoever's in the car. We don't know his name is Billy yet. We don't know how how um, what of a what a kind of a prick he is. And she gives him the finger. She goes in, and they're like, "She's incredible." And I like that they're already saying, um, "You know who, who I saw her first, or you just won dibs on her." And Dustin's like, "How is she gonna? She's not gonna be able to resist these pearly whites." He's got the teeth now. Um, back at the Wheeler house, we see that. Mrs. Wheeler wants Mike to throw away a bunch of toys. We also learn he's been acting out, doing stuff at school. Uh, you know, Mr. Wheeler's like, you know, three strikes and you're out, you're on like your 20th strike. You're, you're barely on the team. Um, but we do see that he um, he does, he's looking through toys and he wants to, he's got to give some away for charity. But the Millennium Falcon just makes him think of, of L. And I swear he throws the monkey in there. That's the stuffed monkey that you see at the end credits. Um, but he calls L. It's like, uh, Mike Mike says it's day 352, so we know it's been a year, basically. He's looking for L in the walkie. Are you out there? Out there? He walks away and he hears Mike. And I swear it was Levin's voice, right? But then all of a sudden it's Dustin. And they're trying to get through to him and he didn't want to talk to them. They want to add Max to their party. He's like, it's not a, it's a, it's a, it's a democracy, democracy, you know. If they want to add and vote her in, what if she doesn't want to be voted in? He's like, she can't resist these pearly whites. <laughs> then Dustin gets dropped off, and um, that's when we see there's something outside of his house, in the garage, in the garbage. Bum bum bum. Uh, I forgot Nancy and Steve. They have to do something. They go over to Barb's house. It's actually sad. They go there to have chicken, uh, KFC. Steve makes a funny line. It's, this is finger looking good. And um, we find out then that they're selling their house to pay this guy Murray to investigate their daughter's murder. Now, you think at this point Murray is a swindler and a crackpot and a conspiracy theorist. Now, he is a conspiracy theorist and he's a little cuckoo. But he is not a swindler. Like, I learn or I believe that he is genuinely doing the work trying to find this girl. It's just, it's terrible because uh, um, Nancy and Steve know the truth. Hell, all of them know, even Hopper and Joyce know the truth. They all, I mean, all those kids should know the truth. But nobody can say anything no one can like i guess if you can't produce a body how can you say well let me explain what happened let's go find this gate she's in there i mean they could do that but instead they're watching these people sell their home so that they can afford a, a um an investigator to search for something that nancy and steve know they won't find and it's tough it was sad and nancy was upset about it over at the buyer's house will is drawing um they're they're all there, Bob, Joyce, uh, Jonathan, and Will. Will's drawing something, and it's called uh, Zombie Boy. And Jonathan's like, "What's that? Who, who's the Zombie Boy?" He's like, "I am." And he's like, "Who who who called you that? Is that somebody call you that?" And he doesn't say anything. And then um, Will's uh, Jonathan's like, "Hey, you know, are you okay?" Will snaps at him. He's like, stop treating me different. Stop treating me like a freak. And Jonathan's like, what? You are a freak. I'm a freak. Being a freak is great. He's like, who would you rather hang out with? 
David Bowie or Kenny Rogers. And that kind of got Will feeling better. Like, you know what? It's okay to be different. Who cares what other people think? But then Bob comes in. He's like, I love Kenny Rogers. Ooh, Mr. Mom. And they end up watching Mr. Mom, which is funny. Uh, that zombie boy drawing actually ends up being featured in the comic book Zombie Boys, which I, again, another episode I did on the book club. If you want to check that out, um, they're all available. You, you, if you listen to me now, there's a good chance you heard that then. But if you didn't hear it, go back and check it out. Uh, these are all interesting, uh, fun reads that if you have a chance, I would say um, to do so. It, it, all it does is expand the world of Stranger Things. We get a brief little moment in the lab where this dude is um, just kind of banging, bouncing a ball, doing nothing, and all these buttons go crazy in the lab, like picking up some sort of activity. What is activity? What is the activity? I don't know exactly. But um, Will gets up, and I was going to say he gets up in the middle of the night, um, but it's not that late compared to where we see Hopper later. Well, I guess maybe Hopper's just late. He was supposed to be back at 815, but he's late. Uh, Will gets up, goes to pee. All of a sudden, he hears a storm outside. There's red lights flashing. He opens the door, and there's the upside down in front of him. Goosebumps, scared to death, and off in the distance, you see, this is the first time we see the Mind Flayer, right? I mean, it looks like a giant spider monster. It is a very scary thing that... um, you know, he's just like, and it's not a dream. This guy is like, these are visions being presented to him. This is what he's, you know, he's not making this stuff up. Uh, it is frightening. We cut over to Hopper who goes, who dro- drops off in the woods. And I'm I'm thinking, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, he's going to check that box and put some food in it. No, 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 no. There's a cabin out there. He steps over a tripwire does a secret lock, a streak, secret knock, and then the door opens, and there's a TV on. He's watching TV. He goes over to um, eat. There's a TV dinner. Turns the TV off. There's a TV dinner. There's some echoes there, and you hear, 815, you're late. And he's like, it's 815, and it comes over. He's like, dinner first, then dessert. And she says, okay, and you look. And there it is. There there she is. Eleven. The girl who disappeared last year. The girl who Hopper basically maybe or maybe not sold out is there. In the cabin. With him. A what? And that's the end of the beginning of Stranger Things 2. Chapter 1. Mad Max. Again, a wonderful reintroduction to our characters while progressing kind of what's going on now, dealing with some of the repercussions of last year, and introducing new faces. Some faces are still with us today. Um, Just a wonderful episode. And again, it makes you ask that question, where the hell have you been, Eleven? Um, I love it. I love it. And I love rewatching this. So, we're back on track Stranger Things 2, ready to roll. I can't wait to talk about this some more. Um, I can't wait to go through this entire season. And hopefully I do it in eight days like uh, I need to because now there ain't no more Duffer Buffer. If I keep doing this, it's going to bring me straight to the 27th 
and oh my God, then it's back. It's really, really back. But we still have time. We still have 17 days until we get there, if I'm doing my math right. Something like that. So while we're waiting, thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for staying subscribed. And uh, remember, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. The show has a, an Instagram that I don't use yet, Stranger Things Pod, Stranger Danger Pod, and, um, or podcast. I might be even getting that wrong. And the, but it has a Twitter account, Stranger D Pod, which I do use. Uh, and of course, everything can be found at fansnotexperts.com. So until tomorrow, stay stranger, my friends, and don't listen to Kenny Rogers when you could listen to David Bowie instead. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.